0: is Alex Pearson.
1: Why should Canadians trust you when you say this interference didn't influence the outcome?
0: I think taking a step back, let's understand that this is an extraordinarily serious issue. The issue of the integrity of our elections, the integrity of our democracies, is something that all democracies around the world are struggling with right now because we are seeing Systematic attempts at interference by countries like China and Russia and others who want to destabilize democracies.
1: Answer the question. He never did, and they are adding up. Good morning to you, Alex Pearson, with you on this Thursday, February 23rd. Hope you're doing well. I would call that a very efficient snowstorm. Huh? I thought it was very fast, did its job and left. Now we uh, clean up. I've already shoveled. I completely disagree with Greg Brady, who thinks everything should shut down. I got to be honest. We are turning very wimpy here in Canada. Snow is not new. We have snow tires. We have shovels. We have lots of little tools to help us get through. So uh, I was very happy to send my son off to uh, school and say, have fun. But yeah, I don't think um, this is the worst of the worst, but uh, I think we'll get through. So good stuff. Um, lots to talk about on the show, but I'll kick off with this because there, is, there, is, there are lots of stories, right? But there's no bigger story than what we are hearing about China. It's all kind of coming together at the same time. But there is no bigger threat right now or bigger story than what is happening with China. I mean, if you were hysterical over the Russian misinformation with the Trump and all that crap, then at least you have to, like, pretend to care that it's actually happening in this country, right? <laughs> Because it's so far being met with a bit of a shrug. And I think the question, you know, that was asked of the Prime Minister is, do you have faith in our institutions? And if there's one topic I have covered consistently for years, it is the threat of China. And the one constant in my coverage has been this absolute lack of seriousness in taking action or getting tough with the regime. But now after a couple of months of deflecting on what he knew and when about all this uh, interference with candidates, now the Prime Minister is leaning all in with these statements that his government has been warning of interference for years. Apparently for years they have been taking action, which is absolute gobbledygook. It's nonsense. Because when Global News broke the initial story, when Sam Cooper told us that 11 candidates had been targeted and money was being you know, funneled in the 2019 campaign, Trudeau and I had been briefed. He didn't know anything. And then he said, oh, well, I-, I did know. It was just a bit of interference, just not enough to compromise the election. Because apparently some is okay. But now he is boasting, this isn't new. We've been taking action for years. The conservatives have been completely ignoring us. I mean, it's just nonsense. It is nonsense. You know, he took action by putting a uh, nonpartisan task force together, (laughs) The, the same task force that completely ignored Aaron O'Toole when his campaign took evidence of interference directly to them during the election. They talk about this report. They filed a report on disinformation in 2020. But the report says nothing specific about Chinese interference. But that is what the prime minister is calling action, and it's words, and he should be called on it. Because if he's to be believed at all, he would have announced a long time ago, frankly, but at least in the last couple of months that he has announced a, an RCMP investigation into all the illegal campaign dono- donations and possible espionage. Uh, he could table a foreign agent's registry to track outsider money. He's done. He, he's been completely resistant to that. I mean, after seizing bank accounts of Canadians, surely this thing would be easy to do, put in a foreign agent registry? No? No, apparently not. He'd stop the Chinese military scientists from doing research at our universities and getting our secrets. Only now are they cracking down. He'd ask Elections Canada and the Elections Commission to investigate an electoral uh, interference, but neither agency even knew about the allegations until they heard it on the news. Or he'd expel diplomats. I mean, right now we have a Chinese ambassador in Ottawa who consistently makes threats, veiled threats about what will happen to Canada if we cancel Huawei or if we support the Hong Kong protesters, keeps the media out of events that he appears at because apparently that's a thing now in this country. I mean, why is that that guy here, here? He should have been gone a long time ago. So how can he be now taken seriously that he's taking all this action when it's very obvious he's done nothing, which has just enabled the threat? Because this story is all over the news. This is international news. Our Five Eye partners know about this. They've already cut us out of their security partnerships. So the United States and Australia and all these other countries are talking and having meetings and, and, you know, creating programs. But they're not consulting us and we're part of that group. And they're not, you know, including us because they know we're compromised. And they have warned us for years that we're compromised and we did nothing about it. So they know about this and it's not going to help. This information is now being replaced with misinformation to change a narrative that reveals that this government's inaction on a very real threat has compromised our elections, but is now being turned into a political blame game. I mean, just listen to to the line of the narrative now by Trudeau.
0: What is not serious is putting a partisan spin on this, is playing political games to try and get partisan advantage out of undermining people's confidence in our institutions.
1: That he suggests, you know, questioning our election integrity is right out of a, of a Trump playbook. I mean, he is just playing that that game. There is no actual evidence of Russian interference with Trump. There is tangible proof that China interfered in this country. So the only one going down that road is the Trudeau government, because if he's truly concerned about the integrity of our institutions, then he wouldn't be playing and making this a partisan issue because the Conservatives have not said that this would have given them the election. They have not brought up anything about that this would change the results. They have simply said that they felt that this happened and that maybe it affected a few of the ridings. They'd like to know. They have a right to know. We have a right to know If there's interference in any of the ridings across this country, whether it's China or environmental groups or any of the other groups that meddle and play. We've certainly had our share of groups that come in with American money and try to play turning elections. Stephen Harper was up against that. I don't care what your politics are. You can't allow outside interests to come in and sway votes. Certainly not using American or outside foreign money. But it's been allowed to happen in this country. And now we're zeroing in on China's interference. And, you know, questions about the integrity of our institutions. So far, the only real resolve the prime minister has shown is, you know, to declare that we need to go after the uh, CSIS agent who revealed what wanted, uh, the prime minister wanted to be kept secret. Forget that. Solve the problem. Announce some of these things that I laid out. Because it's being turned political to shut down questions that we rightfully have and should be asking and should have been asking a long time ago. And in the 11 o'clock hour, 1130, Kenny Chu, who is the conservative or former conservative MP in B.C., will um, join me. He lost his seat in B.C. and he believes it's because of Chinese interference that he was targeted. He has raised this issue many, many times. He was ignored and he definitely has his thoughts on what he is witnessing. So we will talk with him. But nonetheless, this story is starting to stick to the prime minister and it does matter. We could be going to an election in about a year. If we want to see the same kind of stuff that we are seeing in the United States with illegitimate elections and all that stuff, if an election's held and this is not all fixed, that's where we're going to be. It undermines everything. Alex
2: Pearson. Weekdays at 9. We are
1: 640 Toronto. Why should Canadians trust you when you say this interference didn't influence the outcome?
0: I think taking a step back, let's understand that this is an extraordinarily serious issue. The issue of the integrity of our elections, the integrity of our democracies, is something that all democracies around the world are struggling with right now because we are seeing systematic attempts at interference by countries like China and Russia and others who want to destabilize democracies.
1: There's the Prime Minister. And uh, Chinese interference is not new. He's right on that. What is new is that it is now confirmed in this country. And, you know, he's not done anything about it to stop it. The issue was raised back in 2021 during the election, uh, as we know now, by the conservatives who felt there was suspicious activity. And then, you know, there was a task force at the time set up by the uh, Trudeau government. Uh, they didn't do anything. Disinfo Watch, run by Marcus Kola, raised it before the O'Toole campaign. And they had uh, data showing 11 writings at least had been targeted with misinformation. Nothing happened. And my next guest raised it. Former Conservative BCMP Kenny Chu's name was mentioned specifically in intelligence reports, with sources saying that he was targeted in part for retaliation uh, because he was pushing to see Canada create a foreign agent registry. Again, that's not a thing. So, you know this candidate who ended up losing his riding has outspoken views against the motherland. That wasn't allowed and he was targeted. So the prime minister is saying, look, we're taking action. They're not taking action. Otherwise, we would see things like foreign agent registries. We would see in our CMP investigation. We would see Elections Canada looking into these things. Right now, what we have is talk. But let's have a conversation with Kenny Chu, former Conservative MP in British Columbia. Thanks so much for joining us. Good morning. You have been uh, certainly raising this issue for a very long time because you feel that this did cost you the election um, in 2021. Do you feel somewhat vindicated that this is finally uh, coming to light, or do you do you see this as just yet about being turned into a political game?
2: Well, Alex, of course, um, you know personally. I, you know, it's hard not to have a sense of vindication uh, when Ceases and Secret uh, Reports confirm. Uh, what i what i've been saying um you know for a long time, however um, my you know just like just like the very reason why I proposed in my private member bill a foreign interference registry act um, the, you know the country has not done anything uh substantial in doing that, just you know case in point the the prime minister has been angry with uh the whistleblower and ceases but they, you know, he has not been doing anything with regard to the predatorial regime that's been indicated um, that is, you know, that is reported by CESIS, China in this case. You know, which uh, diplomats has he expelled it? Um, you know, what what uh, notification has he served to the Chinese amb- amb- uh, amb- uh, ambassador in, in Ottawa? Mm-hmm. We we know that there is none. So there has been just words uh, and very little action unfortunately words that 's not soft uh, does not um, you know does not stop these um, these attempts to interfere our country
1: yeah i mean their their new kind of spin on this is that you know you can have a threat and still maintain the integrity of our systems um, and yeah, I guess if you had measures in place to do that, but we have not seen any tangible action, uh, whether it 's the foreign agents' registry. Whether it's a investigation by elections Canada, which didn't even know about it until it saw Sam Cooper's reporting, um, back in December on the news. And so, um, there's a, there's, there's a narrative that is being crafted to, to turn, you know, the conversation away from this. But there are very real questions to ask, you know, about how can we possibly know about the integrity? I'm not suggesting that, uh, Aaron O'Toole would have won the election. He's not suggesting he would have won the election, but nobody. There will. are questions like- about seats like yours that maybe very well could have been, um, you know we're turned over
2: well well listen i mean if you if we can use a personal um you know parallel if if you found out that you have cancer on your body or or somewhere in your body it's been infected would you would you let uh, let it continue to grow and say okay i'm I'm not dead yet uh you know i'm i can still I can still get up in the morning and do whatever I want. No, you will stop it. You will try to mitigate, and and you will do actions that will actually stop these uh, spreading. And and in a similar way, nobody is saying that uh, uh, you know foreign interference, costs, uh, you know, changes the the election results uh, completely. But what we are saying is uh, there are Canadians, uh, you know, with with the CISA report, that are being manipulated. And exposed to foreign interference in the uh, 2019 election and twenty twenty one elections, and what has the this current government do? One can argue that uh, the primary objective uh, or responsibility of of a government of a national government is to protect Canada and its citizens. And this government, unfortunately, has been has been giving words but not action.
1: Why? Why do you think that we're getting, I mean, the deflection that we have? Because he has been deflecting. He's starting to say, look, we've been warning for a long time. Uh, we've been taking action. We're doing that. The questions are not going to stop because there's going to be more coming out. That, that's just the drip, drip of this particular story. But um, why do you think, uh, you know, th- they're not taking the action?
2: Well, I, I can only speculate. I think, I think you know, a, a more reliable source to answer your question would be Tong Xiaoling, and some of the Chinese, you know, uh, council uh, general people, um, because they, they said, according to the c report, that they, the Liberals are their preferred uh, party government, uh, governing Canada, and why why is that? Uh, I don't know, I can only speculate. Uh, maybe that's something to do with ideology, uh, philosophy, uh, that uh, Justin Trudeau has actually indicated that um, the Communist Chinese, uh, it's one that they, he aspires of, and his father also, um, you know, befriended uh, communist uh, regimes such as uh, Cuba's uh, Fidel Castro. And uh, he's one of the first countries to recognize uh, communist China in and also visited China in the middle of a perversive cultural revolution period. And and so who who is to tell why, um, you know, maybe it's something to do with, uh, you know, f- complete f- Strangers uh, from China, wealthy billionaires donating money to the Trudeau Foundation? Nobody knows. I don't know. I'm not trying to say that it is the reason, but one can only speculate.
1: Right, which is why an investigation would, uh, would help. Um, you know, you've always been very outspoken on your concerns, um, for, you know, Hong Kong, uh, you know, independence and, and you've been concerned about, um, what's been going on at or Muslims, those kinds of things. Do the, do the threats or do the disinformation, does that still, uh, is that still part of your life? I mean, has it stopped? Because I know there are people we know about these police stations in communities. We know that they are there to bully, uh, Chinese Canadians, uh, threaten them, you know, instill fear in them. But are they, Do they still create problems for you?
2: Absolutely. As recent as um, yesterday, I've been informed um, that uh, some of my volunteers have been monitoring the airwaves in Greater Vancouver. And as of yesterday, there was a uh, phone-in show uh, in one of the Chinese radio that uh, dedicated uh, one and a half hours of their time uh, allowing phoners uh, to call in to uh, to uh, you know I, I have not listened to the re- recording yet, but according to the report that I receive, um, uh, you know, allowing the the callers to to uh, just drag my names through the muds and you, you know, Alex, we 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 are Canadians. We live in a free country. We are we feel so lucky today. I spent seven weeks last year, December, um, in Warsaw, uh, Poland, serving mm. the Ukrainian refugees. And you know, one over, overwhelming sense is how lucky we Canadians are, um, and it, it is our responsibility, just like the Trudeau government had done, and I, you know, applaud them for that, in providing and, and providing support, moral support, but also literal support that we as Canadians can. To help alleviate them, and and with the 300,000 Canadian passport holders living in Hong Kong, uh, mm-hmm. it is only right for us to also voice uh, our, jet, our, our objection with the with the um, unbelievable changes that we are seeing in front of our eyes in Hong Kong. So for all that, um, you know, they they are some of these Chinese you know pro pro communist people are now saying that I am anti chinese um that I'm a traitor and i I reject that fundamentally because uh you know i you know i i i know the the Chinese history I know the chinese culture and and I am a Chinese myself I was born in Hong Kong and educated through a chinese school and you know, you know, these people will not be able to answer what if I op- object and, and reject the Chinese Communist Party because I aspired I like the Chinese culture. They can never say that, but they fall into the, the whole narrative that the, the CCP actually provided that anti-CCP, the Chinese Communist Party, it's anti-China, the country. And then because of that, you are anti-Chinese, the racist. So, you know, a lot of times when you criticize what uh, the Chinese communists are doing in in Canada, all of a sudden you'll be labeled um, racist, anti-Asian racist.
1: Yeah, which is a great tactic to shut down any conversation, which is uh, why it's done. Um, I'm out of time, Uh, Mr. Chu. We will talk again. I do talk about this a lot on the show, so I appreciate uh, you giving us your voice.
2: Well, thank you for your attention in this matter, and thank you for having me.
1: Appreciate it. That's Kenny Chu, former Conservative MP in British Columbia. You will probably hear a lot more uh, about him in the coming weeks and months as this story continues to develop.
0: Alex Pearson,
2: weekdays at 9. We are 640 Toronto.
1: Sometimes things the City of Toronto plans just makes me scratch my head because it just doesn't make sense. And one of those is uh, Hanlon's point, which is making headlines again because of this master plan that is supposed to plot out the future of our islands. And the plan for this particular place is to make a a, a island-sized festival and cultural event space, which is about, I think, the dumbest idea we've heard yet. And if you're familiar with this area, I mean, some of you would know it. I think there's like a nudist beach down there. Uh, But it's a very historic place for the gay community, which had its first Pride event before Pride was even a thing. But changing the park of any sort into anything is news to them because the city didn't bother to do consultations. But why can't we just leave some of our outdoor space as is. Like sometimes a beach is just a beach and that's okay. Sometimes people just want to sit under a tree and that's okay. I mean, there's Center Island over there, which you can go to. There's also other things you can do, but why, why is this even an idea? How did it come to be? Let me ask Travis Myers. He's a member of the group that, found, uh, that founded Hands Off Hanlon's Island because he has something to say about this. Travis, thanks for joining us.
3: No problem. Thanks for having me. I think it's important, you touched on this a little bit, um, to ground ourselves in the reality that Hanlon's is actually Canada's oldest surviving queer yeah. space. It's been a meeting spot and a community hub and a place of fellowship for the community for nearly a century. That's 80 plus years of recorded history and oral history of everyone coming together there. Uh, You know, a lot of times this was before we had rights or when we had to be hiding, when these were, uh, you know, uh, identities that were illegal to be. Um, And it's amazing that there's this through line of history that exists on the beach from the past to the present through Canada's Mm -hmm. first pride being held there in 71. And these days, it being more popular than ever with queer people. And I wanted to say, too, that right now across our continent, uh, we're seeing many queer spaces that are being closed for redevelopment or they evaporated over lockdowns. Or if we look to uh, our neighbours in the States, They're under threat by people who don't want them to exist. You know, those people showing up with guns to drag times and stuff like that. So it's more important than ever to be protecting these queer spaces and the people who use them. And I think I agree with you when you said that you're scratching your head because Hanlon isn't like a lot of other queer spaces. This is not a private business. This is a piece of public land within our park system. And the city has a unique and amazing opportunity to honor this place and protect the people who use it.
1: Yeah, and I'd point out, I mean, it's historical enough that a guy named Babe Ruth once upon a time played a a game called baseball there. So, I mean, it has been used before. I mean, it's it just doesn't make sense for me because I'm looking at the islands and I'm thinking, okay, what am I going to do this weekend? Oh, I'll go to an event space over at Hanlon's Island, which is not where I would go because I'd go to the Budweiser stage, which I think Ontario Place would make much more sense if you're going to create a place for people to kind of go and have fun and they can have all sorts of different stage shows and… Theater and whatever. I just don't understand where an idea like is. Was there a conversation on this island that this would be a good idea? Was there demand for it? Is there demand for it? Because you'd have to take a ferry there or we're going to have to build a bridge. But I don't understand it. Was there a demand for this?
3: Uh, So when when we kind of caught wind of this, we went and we started looking at the planning documents. And what we found was that there were uh, a whole bunch of these documents that weren't publicly available. There were issues with transparency. We had to push and push and push to get these documents released. Some as late as a year and a half after they should have been made publicly available. And when we reviewed them, we found uh, that nobody asked for it. Literally, next to zero, one person had a suggestion for something akin to, um, you know, uh, like a, a once-a-year space that could be used for some parties. And somehow it was extrapolated and turned into um, a permanent festival venue that could be booked 365 days of the year. Uh, adding In the thousands- winter? People. Uh, I mean, the, walking the, across the ice. The plan, the plan is quite vague and imprecise as well, and that's part of the the issue here too. Is that uh, we're a bit worried that maybe what uh, what the people of Toronto are being asked to agree to, um, m- maybe the people who are asking don't even know. Um, and uh, it's also important to to recognize too that this is a fragile dune ecology at Hanlon's Point. If you've been out there, you know how beautiful yeah. that nature is Freshwater dunes are exceedingly rare, and large sections of the point have actually been declared an environmentally scientific area by the city, um, a significant area, sorry, and an area of natural and scientific interest by the province because of the unique plants and animals that exist there. And I don't know if you've ever heard of the pipping plover before, but it's this beautiful bird that lives in the dune systems, And, you know, it's an amazing bird, but I don't think she pops Molly and listens to Skrillex. So she might not survive very well with the changes that they're asking for.
1: Well, you know, she might uh, start flying a little wonky, and I guess if she does, then we know what's going on. But I mean, it's an interesting, uh, you know, because the island itself, and I've been many times because that's where you take your little, uh, you know, your kids when you when you go to Center Island, and then you can walk around the island, and there's so much to see of it. But again, it doesn't make sense. For for, I'm looking at going. Well, you have a big entertainment stage, and then you'd have these big festivals, and they can get pretty raucous. It would completely alter the entire space. It would Mm -hmm. piss off all the people that live down by the water because you get that bounce back of the noise. Um, But it's also very expensive. And for a city that has a huge, massive hole in its budget, where is this money coming from? Again, I'm looking at Ontario Place and saying, we don't need a spa, put it there.
3: Well, there's a massive disconnect between what this master plan is proposing and what the people who actually use the islands want. And we learned this going through the documents. So uh, at, at this point as well, like you mentioned, Hands Off handling is the Instagram account. Thousands and thousands of people who use the point have taken to social media to have their voices heard on this. And uh, we've been hearing them. And this actually uh, this Instagram account that we started may be the first public outreach that people have, that has been done on this subject to the queer community. But the planners themselves have already come out like you said and admitted that they failed to adequately engage with the community and so we're wondering why they're still pushing this concert venue and there's some important questions that need to be asked um you know and even though there now there are some sessions that have been added to try and do outreach to the queer community two and a half years into the planning process it's kind of like watching someone try and do their homework the night before to do and we all know what kind of grades you get on those projects um, so I, I think we're all kind of holding our breath here and hoping that there can be a better solution that works properly for the people who use the space um, and all of the people of Toronto as well.
1: Yeah, I mean, I don't even think it's just a gay community thing. I think a lot of people would just say it's not a, it's not a bad thing just to have a natural outside space because the island is quite pretty as it is, and you've got beaches, you've got volleyball courts there. There's There's a ton if you go on Saturdays and Sundays People are picnicking and doing all these things. They won't do that if there's loud music uh, blaring, you know, and it will. The sound will absolutely fill up that space. But I mean, it's going to, I think, displace a lot of people that just use that park um, for family mm-hmm. time and, and hanging out at the beach.
3: And again, going through the city's own documents, they did do a lot of consultation. They touch points with a lot of people throughout this whole process, including at the very beginning, uh, festival promoters and events promoters, which I think really struck right. out to us. Uh, was that that was, uh, you know, a lot of the the share of the conversation at the very beginning of this process. And then eventually, when they did get to talking to stakeholders like um, the Indigenous community and island residents and ecologists, there were a lot of recommendations from those people, the subject matter experts saying that they specifically did not want something like a a massive concert venue built, specifically on Hanlands as well, and and across the entirety of the island. Um, And uh, so we're, again, asking uh, the city to you know, fill us in a little bit on uh, who who asked for this and why does it need to be at Hanlon's? And uh, why is it still in the plan, despite this massive public outcry saying that people don't want this thing?
1: We will stay tuned because I don't get the sense that they have thoroughly thought through all of this, including Ontario Place and all the rest of it. But nonetheless, um, mm-hmm. we will yeah, wait and see where this... Yeah, go ahead.
3: Before, uh, before we go, that there is... A this evening, um, where uh, we pushed, like I mentioned, to have these consultations done. So there's a meeting tonight. It's going to be on the internet. There is no limit to the number of people who can come. Um, it's going to be at 5.30, and is specifically about this concert festival venue. So if you head to our Instagram page, at Hands Off Hanlon's, um, we have a link there where you can sign up. I believe that the city also has something on the uh, Parks, Forestry, and Recreation section of their website, where you can see uh, how to uh, get registered for this event and have your say heard, because uh, everyone's POV is important on this. And I think that's what we really have to drive home here is that this is not a decision that can be made by a few people in a closed-door room. This is something that belongs to the people of Toronto, and uh, we really want to have our voices heard on this.
1: Something tells me they're going to hear it. All right, Travis, (laughs) we'll stay tuned, see how that goes. I appreciate your time on this. Thank you.
3: All right. Thank you very much.
1: That is uh, Travis Myers, and they are with the group Hands Off Handlings. You know, I just look at it. I go, we don't have the money. It would take forever to do. It would change completely the complexion of that area. And again, sometimes a beach is just a beach. Just let it be. There's other places you can put it.